Whenever I find myself stuck, I know that I need two things, a wake-up call and a whole new set of habits to guarantee long-term success. Recently, I found myself stuck between projects, stuck in my health goals, and stuck in my overall mood about getting things done in general. Now, the way forward was a lifestyle shift that is based on what I choose to do and choose not to do every day. This is the 5am miracle episode number 412, five bad habits that I eliminated and five healthy ones that replaced them. Good morning. I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. I get stuck every few months. Usually between projects when I'm deciding what the next direction of my life and business should be, or I get stuck when a big problem appears in my life and I just don't know what to do about it. So on the show this week, we're going to tackle getting stuck from the effective direction, the one that actually makes the difference, which is daily habits. What you do every day will have a greater impact on your life than anything else. So let's just start there and see if you can get yourself unstuck if you happen to be stuck or at least to move forward with a bit more pep in your step and a bit more of the habits that truly make the difference in terms of forward progress, momentum building, and a life worth living because you're doing the things that actually matter. So here are five bad habits that I was able to cut from my life or at least to minimize and five healthy ones that replace them. Let's start with number one. This is a topic that I have discussed in this podcast almost since the very beginning. This is years in the making. Uh, This is a, a kind of a rant that I went on years ago about how mad I was about certain areas of life that tend to get not just under my skin, but to get into my brain. So the bad habit that I was able to remove from my life was essentially an overconsumption of news. Now, in the past on this show, I had this very specific perspective that I was, uh, I hated the news, that I was actively just very angry about it, actually, and wanted to find whatever ways I could to fill my brain with personal developments and healthy books and podcasts and audiobooks, and really just trying to find ways to make sure that news in the way that it's presented today was not part of my everyday flow. Well, as the years progressed since I had that initial rant on this podcast, probably eight years ago, uh, news has been kind of here and there. I, I had an app on my phone for a long time. I would watch, you know, the nightly national news. Uh, sometimes uh, I would check, you know, headlines on social media. So I was informed and have been for a long time. But it got to the point in the last few years, everything with the political environment in the United States to the global pandemic to just, you know, life being complicated. One of the ways that I was, you know, trying to stay on top of the world was just to be in the know of what was happening. So I had the app on my phone that I referred to multiple times a day. I would watch the nightly news every single night. I would tune in on to headlines on the computer as I was working throughout the day. So one of the things that I would do to distract myself from work was to just check random news headlines. And initially, this was probably a good thing. I was more informed. I felt like I understood, you know, the global environment and my local news. And I was, I felt like I was, you know, 
possibly being a better citizen, let's say. But as time progressed, it became very clear to me that news was just an addiction. It was just entertainment. It was just me finding a way to not do the things that matter most to myself, my business, my family, and my community. I was not helping myself or anyone else around me by me over-consuming news. Being a news junkie is a profession, right? It's what journalists do. It's what people on television do because their job is to report the current events. It's not my job as a consumer to consume all of that information. And so what I did a couple of months ago was I went cold turkey or cold vegan turkey, if you want to go that direction. Uh, So what I ended up doing was removing the app from my phone, stop watching the nightly news, and find other ways for me to engage on my computer when I was working that did not involve me checking random headlines. And one thing I did right away when I removed the news app from my phone was replaced it with the Calm app, the meditation app, in the same exact location on my phone where the news app used to be. So what that did initially, right away on day one, was when I had that tendency to pull up my phone and and click on that app, well, now I'm clicking on the Calm app. Now, all of a sudden, I'm not checking headlines because that's not there. It's just a nice, calm meditation. And this was a really funny way to just check my phone and, and remind myself right away, wait a minute, I'm not here for news. That's not the point of this random phone check, which is an addiction all by itself. This is me just simply reminding myself to take a breath, to not be the news junkie that I have been in the past. In addition to that, I mean, you can use uh, blockers on your computer to say, you know, the Freedom app is a good one that will block websites or entire apps altogether. I didn't go that far because I didn't really need that for myself. I was able to find other means to to do better work throughout the workday. But if you need that additional uh, set of reminders to be in place, uh, check out Freedom. Uh, That is a great app to use. So you can block websites, block apps from you if you need to stay focused on your work. And if you know that you are pulled away to certain websites with social media, shopping, news, whatever the case is, find a way to block those. It's incredibly effective. And so what actually I did this a few weeks ago, I've been blocking the news for about three months and I reinstalled the news app on my phone for one hour and I wanted to see if I was missing something, if this truly was a bad habit of mine or if I was better off going back to having access to the news. And the really remarkable and just probably not that shocking thing actually was that the news headlines are awful. I mean, they are just depressing on a level that I had forgotten about, honestly. I had forgotten how negative the news was because I hadn't been a part of my life for a few months. I just did not consume it. I was just totally uninformed. And when I went back to, quote unquote, being informed, I was horrified. It wasn't positive. It wasn't uplifting. It wasn't helpful. It wasn't allowing me to progress forward in my life or business. It was just making me feel terrible. I don't see now, looking back at it, how being a news junkie for me in my life is beneficial. The bottom line is that it's it's just not. And I don't want to be the kind of person who consumes news in that addictive way or in that kind of very generic, broad swipe of, you know, good citizens consume the news. You know, good people know what's going on in their community. There is some truth to that, right? I won't discredit it completely. 
And in times of crisis, news outlets can be very, very helpful. And I think that there are definitely roles for journalists. There's roles for news outlets. I'm not saying they're all bad, but I can definitely say with total certainty that an overconsumption of news is damaging, way more damaging than you could possibly imagine. And so one thing that I've done going forward is just not only to eliminate the news, but then to ask myself the question, you know, what's really going to replace that in my life? And the call map could be one thing on your phone as a, as a trick, maybe. But more specifically, the question then becomes, what am I doing with my time? Both in a proactive sense of what are my projects, where are my goals I'm after, but also from that reactive sense of when I'm looking for a distraction, where do I turn? When I'm looking for something to, to read, what is that thing going to be? And I think that then you have an opportunity to actually consume, let's say, a different form of news or a different form of educational entertainment, which could come from very well-selected magazines to very well-selected articles you're going to read or curated forms of information where you get an in-depth look at something that's not just the really over-sensationalized headlines, but actually a deep dive into a topic that you might find interesting. This could also come from books and audiobooks and podcasts. Like this could come from other means besides the, you know, the attention grabbing nonsense that is the news. So I would challenge you to ask that question what role does news play in my life? Am I a news junkie? Should I be walking away from all of that completely or minimize it or find a new, healthier way to interact with that information? Because for the most part, News is just entertainment, is just noise in your brain. So I would challenge you to ask the question, is there something that is maybe just as noisy, but a lot healthier for me to fit into my head each and every day? What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bad habit number two that I was able to cut, and this is one I've discussed on this podcast actually just earlier this year, and one that I actually feel more confident about now than I have felt in a very long time, which is that I was able to, knock on wood, I was able to remove alcohol from my life yet again. (laughs) 
Not that I was ever a quote-unquote alcoholic or ever kind of diagnosed with any kind of an addiction. No, nothing like that. However, um, as I explained in the podcast earlier this year, alcohol became a habit. It became a thing that I, was just part of my life every day, kind of like the news was. I didn't really question it. It wasn't ever causing any serious damage, at least not in the extreme sense. But in the everyday consumption sense, yes, I had a glass of wine or two or three literally every evening. And it got to the point in my life where I just realized this is not serving me. This is not the Jeff Sanders I want to be. This is not a path forward that leads to better health. It's not a path forward that leads to me being more productive. It's not a path forward that leads to me being the best version of myself. And what happened was this is about three months ago. I decided I was going to give up alcohol completely. But my wife and I actually had a tour of the Jack Daniels Distillery in Tennessee uh, that we had already pre-scheduled. And so our goal was to go down uh, and, and tour this amazing place. Actually, it's a really cool tour to go on. I recommend doing that regardless of whether you drink or not. It's a really interesting tour. Anyway, that's kind of a tangent. What happened was that we went to this tour of this distillery, and I, of course, got a free sample of whiskey. I decided to give that a try there because I was already there. Who cares, right? Well, I came home from that experience and immediately regretted it. I came home and had this thought in my head that was, wait a minute, Jeff, what are you doing here? This is not the you you promised to be. It might be an interesting tour. It might be a fun historical trip. There might be some heritage there. There might be something that's, you know, along the lines of, that could be a good thing, culturally speaking. But personally, this doesn't fit. So that was August 7th of 2021. And I have not drank since then. And honestly, I have no plans of doing that going forward. And it's not that alcohol, once again, was never a serious issue for me, but it fell into that category of this is not serving me. And that's a nice pun there. <laughs> this is not serving me in the way that I want to be served. This is not producing the output that I want I can redefine my life. I can redefine my habits. I can become someone newer, better, stronger, smarter, healthier. Without that as part of my daily existence and possibly not part of my life ever again. Now, I don't know my story going forward with alcohol. You might hear me in six months say that I went back to it again for some other reason, but I kind of doubt it. And I say that because I know from this kind of back and forth experience I've had of these last uh, six months or so, that it's the, the message that I'm hearing loud and clear is that this is no longer part of my future. That may not be the case for you. And I'm not arguing that everyone needs to ditch alcohol and, and walk away you know, completely. But what I am arguing, and this is, I think, a really healthy practice to have with all of your habits, is just a reevaluation. What role does this thing play in my life? Does it belong? Does it not? Should it be minimized, cut completely, restructured, reframed? Is this thing serving me or not? And if the answer is no, it's time for a change. I think in the case of alcohol for most people, especially if you're a regular consumer of it, it's probably time to reevaluate fairly often because it's the kind of habit that can get away from you the kind that can just sneakily take over your life and then you wake up one day, a year has gone by and you're like, what What have I been doing here? And I, and I, I don't want to be that guy. 
I want to be more intentional. I want to be more proactive. I want to be more, more of the better version of me in a very broad sense. And so this is another example of something that I have let go of. Now, as far as replacing it, this is always kind of the big question with habits. If you let go of a bad habit, something has to take its place, right? Some other healthier, better, stronger, faster, smarter thing needs to be there. Well, I think with alcohol for me, I didn't actually need a direct replacement. Although this is interesting. One thing I noticed about me drinking at night, especially with red wine, which was my go-to, was that I was essentially using red wine as a de-stressor. It was I thought of this as something that ends my day. It's a nice, it's a nightcap. It's the kind of you know, alcohol I would drink to say that the work day is over. I'm just going to chill and you know watch some baseball on TV and then I'll go to sleep. What I began doing, this is kind of as COVID began to die down a little bit here in Tennessee, although it's since resurged, but when it died down, I returned to the gym. This was about four months ago. And when I returned to the gym, I decided to make you know, a daily workout, a big part of my life. And one thing I tacked on to my workouts was going to the sauna. And the sauna has a really powerful calming effect. It's a really great thing to do to just de-stress in a very healthy way. And so what I found was the combination of a daily workout with the sauna and not drinking allowed me to feel really relaxed and calm at the end of the day. And I could fall asleep more naturally without the booze. So this is important when it comes to habits is to recognize why exactly that habit is in place. What value do you think you're getting from it? And can you simply replace that with a healthier alternative? And so if my only real goal with alcohol was to de-stress and fall asleep, well, I can do that with other means. There's other healthier options that exist. And all I really had to do was make that part of my routine. And then all of a sudden I can go to bed when I want to feeling nice and healthy and alcohol free. So that's your challenge. What is the role that it plays in your life? How can you replace it with something that fits you better and that is sustainable long-term? Ask that question and answer it with as much honesty as you possibly can, which is the real challenge here. Bad habit number three. And this is one that relates to exactly what I just mentioned about going to the gym. Although this kind of plays into, I think, the the COVID lifestyle, the pandemic world of lockdowns and uh, isolation and the, the challenges that we all face as a global community in the last couple of years and are still facing in many ways. There was a tendency for me when the when COVID kicked in to put a lot more energy into work. Because I was stuck at home every day, I had access to my computer 24-7. Well, that means I could work a lot. And so I did. And I worked, oh, I can't even express to you how much time I spent working on all kinds of stuff. Website projects and podcast studio things and you know plans for the future. And just I dug into all kinds of details. And I worked and worked and worked. Primarily because I couldn't leave the house. I had you know significantly fewer things to do. And work filled that void. And initially, it was wonderful. It really allowed me to push forward in ways I otherwise would never have had time for. But as most things do, over time, it began to backfire. And that work became uh, not an addiction, but that work became something that was just part of my routine where I wasn't even questioning, should I leave the house and go do something that's a better use of my time? 
And so I wasn't going to the gym for a long time out of fear of the pandemic. And I was making some choices there in terms of isolation. And so it was a challenge, a unique challenge that we, that we all faced. But I think that as you know, time progresses and we have different ways of engaging in the world, some that are much more social and healthy, we can make different choices. And so for me, the bad habit of working too much was initially replaced by spending some time at the gym, some time outside, some time just engaging with other friends and family I hadn't seen in a long time. But it was an acknowledgement that I don't have to put in that many hours. I don't have to have my lifestyle be crafted in that specific way, in large part because it is like actively killing me. My stress was going up. My health was declining. I didn't feel good about it anymore. You know, the initial push to work harder when COVID hit was good. I got a lot of of value from that time. But as time progressed, it backfired and it was no longer serving me. So I had to change course. I had to pivot once I realized this was not the path forward. And so the habit that I formed was going to the gym five days a week. So I pick up my daughter, Maisie, from daycare and I take her to the gym. They have daycare for her there. So she gets another form of, of activity and I get to go work out. And that habit of Monday through Friday, the two of us going to the gym together has really helped like in a phenomenal way in terms of my stress, my physical fitness, my ability to just end the day with a nice, clean boundary. This is one this is a whole different topic we could do a whole podcast on, which is that very firm boundary of when your day begins, but most importantly, when your day ends and how you're able to wrap up your work and move on to your evening routine in a way that's as healthy and as effective as possible. And for me, this new shift of being able to end the day going to the gym, it's changed my entire work life. It's changed my entire life overall because it guarantees physical fitness time and it guarantees my work has an end boundary at the end of the day so I can have guaranteed work time and then guaranteed exercise time. And then the end of the day is just the end of the day. I relax, I eat dinner, I go to bed. It's simple. And the the, the clean aspect of that, right, the simplicity of that structure is one that I didn't really have before because there weren't any boundaries, right? I just allowed myself to do what I wanted whenever I felt like it, which if you're a workaholic just means you work a lot, right? If you're a high achiever, it means you just double down or triple down on whatever your next project is. But like I've said a million times now, that's not the best path forward. So find the healthier way for you to set those boundaries, to acknowledge if your bad habit is to work too much or to not have those clean end and beginning times that you're then able to move forward with boundaries in place that restrict your ability to to actually work on things in a healthy way that's more sustainable and actually allows you to get more done because it's prioritized time, which is the real key there. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. 
Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bad habit number four. This also plays into the pandemic. This is basically becoming a post-COVID Jeff Sanders talk. But essentially what happened for me, and this is actually very true, is that when COVID hit, a lot of my good habits disappeared. And one of the very bad habits that I gained when COVID hit was just poor eating, right? Eating without restriction. This is my life story, though. This is if you go back to the beginning of my podcast from, you know, eight plus years ago, I have this a lot of episodes that are about me going vegan and me uh, eating a better, healthier plant-based diet. But one of the keys to that entire transition for me was to, yes, I eliminated some animal products from my diet, but I still didn't hold myself back. I still ate a ton, and that's still who I am today. I'm the kind of guy who just eats because there's food available, right? And I, I kind of have that addictive personality, uh, at least on that, you know, from that perspective that I like to eat. It's just a fun thing for me to do, but I also know that there are limitations to what you can do there. So what I found myself gaining weight during COVID, when I found myself not working out as much, not caring for my body, uh, drinking too much alcohol, not sleeping well, these habits all kind of come together. I'm the kind of guy that I'm either very aware of my health and I'm taking care of all of these areas, or I'm doing the exact opposite. And none of those things really apply. I'm really an on or off kind of guy when it comes to really great healthy habits which is why I have to podcast like this and talk about these topics because I need to remind myself to go back to the things that work, right? In addition to possibly you getting benefit from listening to my story, I need to benefit from my own story by telling it more often to remind myself to make sure that I'm doing what works. So right now, thankfully, I'm in a very healthy season and I have a lot more awareness about what I was doing back then and versus what I'm doing today. And they're two different worlds, two different experiences because the focus for me on health now is all-encompassing. It's every area. It's stress, it's sleep, it's diet, it's fitness, right? It's just personal hygiene. I mean, all of these things play into it. And so the bad habit of eating without restriction was overcome by my willingness to then move forward saying, I'm going to make some different choices. I'm going to go to the store and buy the healthy food and not bring home the unhealthy food. Because if it's not in my kitchen, I'm not going to eat it. This is a key thing for anyone who works from home, like I have for the last seven years. Or even if you work at the office, oftentimes you have the choice about the kinds of food that you bring into the office, and therefore defines the kinds of foods that are available for you to eat. I know me personally that if the food is not in my kitchen, I can't eat it, and I won't. So if I only bring home the healthiest food, that's what I eat. Uh, I just had an episode of the podcast just last week uh, with Melissa Vogel. And one of the things that we talked about was that, you know, you cannot outrun a bad diet. You cannot go to the gym and lift so many weights that you burn all your body's fat. 
right? If your goal here is weight loss, if your goal is fat loss, if your goal is a healthier version of you in the mirror, 80, 90% of that is going to come from your diet. And so if you're able to reframe what that looks like to buy food that you have determined to be healthy, bring that home and you eat that, that's a huge step forward, right? Without getting to the specifics of which diet to choose and why, most of us fully understand that we eat foods we shouldn't, foods that we know are not healthy, and we know foods we avoid that are healthier. So just make that swap. Just simply reduce the bad foods and increase the good ones and see where that takes you. That's what I've been doing recently. It's already working. This is not actually rocket science. It's not actually that complicated. We know the information. We know ourselves. We know our tendencies. We just have to act upon those. And boundaries are helpful here. Boundaries around what you buy and what you don't. Boundaries around your daily habits, what you choose to engage in and what you choose to avoid. This is all in your control. It's in your sphere of influence. You have the ability to choose what goes in your mouth every day. And I know for myself, I need, I need boundaries. If I don't have boundaries, I will probably make the wrong choice more often than I should. So one of the things that I've done uh, to help in this regard is I have two specific daily habits that I want to engage in and one weekly habit. So the daily habits is that the first thing I want to consume every day are bananas. It's a food that I love and I've loved for years. And so if the first thing in my mouth every day are you know, usually about five or six bananas, that's kind of how my day starts. I've begun the day with healthy food that works and serves my body. And I like to end the day with a large serving of leafy greens. So generally every day having a salad. If that's all that I do, then that's a really good day. If I go beyond that and have even more healthy food, that's amazing. But for me, that's what it's all about. It's defining a couple of things I want to have in my day to start the day off right, end the day well with my diet. And then the weekly habit is, of course, just to go buy more healthy food. So schedule it in your calendar when you will go to the store to buy the healthy food you need. It needs to be part of the weekly review process when you're scheduling your focus blocks of time, when you're scheduling your big projects, when you're looking at your calendar, you should definitely have time on there for when you buy your healthy food. And if that's not a part of your calendar, that could be the game changer that you need to get yourself moving in the right direction. Because almost everything in regards to goals and success and projects being completed, almost all of it has to do with time management of how your calendar and, and task manager you know, combine to form the results you get every day. So put it on paper, write it down, and then do it. That's it. And finally, bad habit number five. I have been letting junk pile up in my life, physical junk, stuff, uh, for far too long. You know, one of the things I did during COVID was to double down on working, but I didn't do as much or didn't put as much energy into cleaning up the messes. Uh, I did so digitally in terms of my website, my online file storage, and I did a lot of good work in terms of you know, the digital world. But a lot of what I ignored was the physical stuff. So in my house, my garage is the dumping ground for random things. And so it got really unorganized, really sloppy. And so I went through a, a process starting about six months ago where I was going to clean up my life kind of piece by piece, room by room, closet by closet, and figure out how to get my stuff together, right? Because the bad habit here over time is that if you let things pile up, 
the stuff runs your life. You know, I've interviewed minimalists on this show multiple times, and I view myself as a wannabe minimalist. I love the idea of owning less, but I also like the value I get from the things I purchase. But over time, things become less valuable to you, and you have to reevaluate and get things out of your life. Physically remove them, donate them, throw them away, recycle them, right? Find another use for them, repurpose them if you can. And I built a new bookshelf recently and I got rid of a lot of things and I found ways to really organize my life in large part because my wife and I are pregnant with our second baby coming in just a few months. And so this is me kind of playing house. Like I'm trying to figure out where does all this stuff go? What is the optimal system as my house becomes a little more crowded with a few more people and the walls get a little smaller, right? These are systematic you know, processes we have to go through. Even if your house you know, isn't going to be adding more people to it in the near future, there's always an opportunity to clean and organize and have this physical space you live and work in be a lot more efficient. And I just I love the idea of being able to go through an area of my life on a recurring basis. So one thing I've done as my new habit here is to reevaluate one new area of my life about once a week. I want to periodically go through a new area gut it, rebuild it, redo it, reshape it so that it's more clean and more organized. And I can tell you that as a guy who works from home, my physical house is so much more welcoming now. I want to spend more time here in a sense because it's so well put together compared to where it was before. And so the bad habit I had before of just letting stuff pile up has been replaced with I don't want that to be the case. Let me find a way to eliminate the junk before it piles up. Let me keep this this space looking beautiful for as long as I can. And that just a willingness to accept that as a lifestyle is a big shift if you're the kind of person who tends to just ignore what's around you. So really the question for you then is like, what is the ideal here? What does a clean and organized space look like? And can you get to that place? And then when you do, Is that the way you want to live? I know for me it is. I know that when I walk into my home office, for example, where I'm recording this podcast right now, I want this space to be beautiful and clean and well put together. You know, one of the things I've done since uh, COVID kicked in was to rebuild my podcast studio and my entire home office. And I love the reinvention that I have. It's so much more capable. And I want that to be the case for all the major areas of my life. My garage has also been redone because that was the kind of the most challenging area for my house. Well, it's a lot better off than it was. And so now it's a place of joy for me, right? If you want to pull that sparking joy mantra, that's what the garage now does. And so that's what you're looking for here. Where are the areas of weakness? Where are the areas of junk? And can you clean that up to get a better end result that sparks joy? And for that action step this week, choose one bad habit and its replacement. The best place to begin is with something simple, but that makes a big impact. Uh, You could wake up early, clean up your diet, hit the gym, reduce the news. The choice is up to you, but pick something today. And then in a few weeks, pick a new habit and begin to stack up those changes. And this will turn you into a whole new person very soon. JeffSanders.com slash 412 is the place to go to get the episode notes. 
Also go to 5ammiracle.com to join the 5am club and get free email updates about the show. That's all I've got for you here on the 5am Miracle podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.